started now and I guess we'll do short introductions. Thank you guys for joining me. I, I enjoy kind of bringing people who haven't met each other together for interesting conversations because I've, I've known all you guys for a while and have great conversations and I know that whatever we go into is going to be a lot of fun but I have some ideas in mind for the subject. We can get into the nature of finding our purpose and being of service. That's I mean it's, it almost seems like a central theme that we all need to keep coming back to is how do we be of service to humanity? What are we doing here? How do we break through our own personal distortions and issues and blockages that allow us to be of greater service to a larger aspect of the of the society that we're in, which is struggling with all kinds of issues and blockages and um, confusions. And yeah, this is a, I, this seems like a bit of a messed up planet right now with a lot of confused people. So people who, you know, can sort of shine the light and say, this is, this is how we're going to, you know, bring us back into some degree of healing and unity. And um, that, that, that seems like, just what we need to be focused on. So I know all you guys have some thoughts on those kinds of subjects, but I've got more questions, but might as well do some quick introductions. Um, and maybe I could just ask each of you to share, like, what what is your mission on this planet? What are you trying to do to, to help humanity? What, you know, what, what is your ideal vision for helping humanity um, with your incarnation? So I could start with uh, Chris. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris. And yeah, my... I don't know if I have a stated mission to help humanity, but certainly the raising of consciousness is something I've been, you know, uh, I, I've been trying to do with myself and also I've been trying to help others do for a long, long time, ever since, uh, ever since I, I read uh, Whitley Strieber's book around 1990. Um, anyway, that started my mind opening but but yeah i think it's just the the raising of consciousness in whichever way i can and but honestly i've found a lot of difficulty in doing that because normies normal people they don't they don't have any inkling to raise their consciousness so it's i mean i've been teaching meditation and running sessions for years and years and years and no one's interested uh, very few people are interested so Anyway, that's where I find myself right now. All right, yeah, that's a great subject to get into. How do we actually break through some of these walls for people um, around, you know, finding value in what what is actually our our you know our function to 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 heal with the inner work? Um, all right, let's go to uh, John. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to thank you, Mike, for the invitation. That's uh, very deeply appreciated. And you're like soul brother, bro. I agree. And nice to see you again, Chris. And nice to meet you, Randy. Uh, very cool. Thank you. Um, well, so uh, my purpose, it's kind of similar to what uh, Chris said in, in a way of like raising people's vibrations. But there were other things that uh, throughout my life that, uh, that I was gravitated to in, in a way of creativity, music, art, um, you know, um, uh, figuring things out um, in a almost like a mechanical way, trying to 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 figure things out in that respect. 
And uh, over the years, I've picked up uh, many different types of skills. So I guess I would consider myself what some people call a multidisciplinarian. So I got uh, a few things that uh, that could be useful in many different areas. Um, but uh, I think the primary thing uh, in my purpose, what it feels like is to um, um, get people or, or to, to help people um, realize their true power. And not just in a way of like, uh, oh, here's a nice little saying or like this uh, new agey type of thing or whatever. Uh, like all those things are great, but in a way where you can actually tie it in to something that's been observable through our, you know, through through sciences and through different types of um, experiments or or even in your own personal lives that you notice certain things and how does this work and why is it working and basically uh the bottom line is is um uh, the power that we each contain which i've been working on something for the past few months and some of the stuff that i come that i've uh looked into is insane <laughs> in in that respect where it can help people to 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 look at these things and see how powerful they truly are you're talking so, about like yeah. metaphysical tools, metaphysical laws. Yes, but but it also like there there are things, uh, measurements that have been done within physics and quantum physics as well, where you can look at some of these things and and you see um, that there's uh, an immeasurable amount of energy, like prana. No, like literal potential energy, but you can call it prana too, right? But actual literal, maybe if you want, we can go into some of that stuff, but this is, uh, it's pretty exciting. And, you know, like, uh, so I've been working on something in, in the way of a presentation in that respect. So I, I think... It, it, I think it's pretty exciting myself, personally. Okay, yeah, you're teasing us quite a lot. Maybe we'll get into that later too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, I think we can dovetail around to the nature of physics too. Yeah. Um, so Randy, what you been up to? Um, not too much. Just living life, observing this crazy reality. You know, what is this? You know, what is this experience? Um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw our last conversation was it last week, but, uh, yeah, I have memory from before I came here and such, uh, I remember agreeing to come here and basically contribute as like a counterweight, you know, to come down here and help push on this grid here and just help the scales be more balanced towards, you know, the light, towards the good. And really more so like what human potential really is. I know you mentioned um, getting us back to a place of love. And so I don't think it's ever been done, right? I don't think we've ever gotten to a place where our true human potential could you know really shine except for like in the darker areas so i'm just here to kind of observe um and help in any way i can and just experience and have this human experience you know and just exist you know and, and try to just push things in the right direction to help you know yeah yeah i i, the, I like that the law of one books they kind of refer to it as not like a specific mission so much that 
a lot of souls have come here to help with, but more like just a general mission of raising the vibration and just be essentially being a brighter light so that the, the rest of the planet can be more inspired or more benefited by feeling more love. And a lot of it is just the amount of love, I think, that is just kind of absent. It's just like people go through so much of their lives without feeling loved or knowing how to open up to love. Um, and I see that as, you know, fundamentally about personal blockages of lower energy centers, lower chakras, which relate to the way we view ourselves and the way we view others in society. A lot of that, I think, has to do with like, you know, stuff that's been passed down from generation to generation or people are trained. You have to kind of treat this as like almost like a battlefield where we're going to try to manipulate and control and and, and play, a, you know, a competitive game as much as we can with relationships. And it even, you know, our family relationships are not are not seen as sacred by much of our culture anymore or maybe ever uh, but but i think some cultures maybe have been better than others are i think maybe we're deteriorating in the strength of the families today with people feeling like you know we have to just agree to forgive each other and love each other no matter what it is and not just abandon one another and either let home let people become homeless because their family doesn't care anymore that that breaks my heart every time i see you know people who are on the street and they just they have nobody at all to turn to or they feel like they can't because it's like all that drama that's been building up but i guess that's like a microcosm of the bigger issues of you know a, a kind of a fractured view of of what we're doing here that it's actually a spiritual uh game that we're in where we're trying to actually learn love and that's actually the core of the game it's not just like a side thing and like making money and 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 progressing in society is is seen as more virtuous than actually progressing spiritually and coming more able to forgive and integrate with one another. Yeah, um, totally. You know, when you're as as just a being, right? When your basic needs are met, you know, good food, shelter, warmth, you know, um, you know, water, all that stuff. But I mean, that's like the base bottom thing, and everyone's just scrounging trying to just get that, you know, and it's like this is, we're really scratching at the bottom, the lower end of things. And it's like, if, if all humans on earth could just work in a balance to have that covered for everyone, you know, where is the ceiling? You know, what are humans actually capable of? You know, and I think just from my experiences, you know, it, there's, there's a lot more that people are and people are capable of, you know, and it's not even, we're not even scratching the surface here, you know? So it's like, and I think this is intentional. I think we're, we're, this is a prison. This is like a prison planet, you know? And it's like, we're all kept in this lower frequency vibration to feed into the system where then a few could profit, you know? And it's like, we got to raise the frequency of the beings on this planet. It is like, the second that happens, it's like those people who are in control now will have no control at all, you know? And it's, like, it's so easy, but it's like, we're, it's like when you have an animal that's been kept in a cage its whole life, and then finally someone saves it and brings it to this giant preserve, and they open the cage, and the animal doesn't want to get out of the cage, you know, and then it touches grass, and it's like, what is this? I'm afraid of this, you know, and it's like, ah, if you only knew what's out there, you know, and it's like, that's how I feel like on this planet looking at people. Well, yeah. I, I kind of look at it in a, in a similar way, except uh, with a slightly different uh, take on it is that because currently we feel like we're like at the bottom of the rung or whatever or or 
kind of like a, our potentials not not fully realized. But the take I I look at is we're already fully using all of our potential at all times without any type of um um what's it called uh degradation and this is but just it, what we're choosing it's what we're focusing on because uh you know like for for example manifesting something you you can focus on that manifestation and, and get it but it takes a lot of work from um i guess the distorted point of view to get something positive right it, uh, and to receive something uh, uh, like that of that nature right but because of the i guess the social conditioning is that we're we're using our full potential to live in mediocrity we're completely um uh, manifesting mediocre or less like like crappy situations but we're still manifesting it fully all right so it's like uh the analogy i like to use is like uh, wh whoever the controllers are they're like magicians it's just sleight of hand in order to gain access to to your power so we're a proxy for whatever negative beings that may or may not have bodies but they they use us in order to to gain that power on earth and if you can collectively herd everybody on the planet on a similar wavelength like right now it's like there's a whisperings of World War Three and like a new X virus is coming out and whatever, right? It's still, it's giving us that like, oh man, we got to go through this again. Uh -huh. And that feeling is then amplified saying, hey, let's just keep on making this machine or what some people would be calling, I guess, louche. I'm not particularly sure if they feed off of it or is they're using us as a proxy to continue some type of uh, power power over uh, a fictitious power over everyone? I, I, More I, or could, less. I could say that it's it's extremely apparent to me uh, being like a parent and seeing how my, my my child is kind of like just reflecting, constantly reflecting everything that's going on in my mind and my wife's mind when he's around us. If one of us has a thought, oh, I hope he doesn't do that he's exponentially more likely to do that thing because it started entering into our consciousness. And so it's like, we have to kind of train ourselves. It's like, we gotta, we really have to heal ourselves if we wanna see him reflect that healing. And it seems like, yeah, it, it, absolutely. The, the power that we're, that we're using to manifest our current reality and the craziness of the culture is just like everyone not realizing how much they're responsible for it. It's just, just pointing the finger outward and, and being worried and stressed. And that's, that's the energy that we're in collectively. But a lot of them are doing it from the from the point of not even knowing that they're manifestors. Yeah, they have no idea, so they're kind of going on like um, autopilot. Or some people, the the moniker is coming up again, uh, calling people NPCs, like a non-person character in a video game. You know, it's not that they're not they're not human. It's just they're not 
conscious of who they are and what type of energy they put out. That's kind of what I meant when I said like, um, we're operating in this lower frequency, you know, almost like a, a prisoner would is like, I feel like there are, we have abilities, you know, like um, they say we have five senses. Well, sure we have five, but we have more. Like when a mother feels a gut instinct or, you know, like you're subconsciously reading body language or, you know, you're, you're tuning into frequency and stuff like that. You get a, do you ever have someone walk in a room and like just change the whole energy of a room or, or stuff like that. And it's like, what are these senses and can they be, can they be strengthened as if, you know, like, you could say like we're operating in our full potential and we are right. I'm not, I don't disagree with that, but what, what could we, you know, if it's just like a muscle that's not used, it atrophies, you know, and if, if you go and you use that muscle little by little every day, eventually you get to a point where then you can start running faster or you become stronger, you become, you know, then you're, you're also living to your full potential, but your full potential ceiling has risen from where you were before, you know, and that's what I kind of feel like is, the humanity as a, as a whole is being kept in this low frequency version of itself. You know, like, you know, if I grow a, a plant, like a bonsai, you know, it, it, it'll be beautiful. It'll be proportionate. It'll, it'll live up to its full potential within that pot. But if I plant that, that same plant in the ground, it's going to be bigger. It's fuller. It's going to, you know, much more vibrant, many more branches and stuff like that. And that's what happens. I think our nervous system, our spiritual selves and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like, of course, yeah, like, you know, you can live to be your full self at all times, but have you hit a ceiling, you know, and is that a soft ceiling or a hard ceiling, you know, and what is the limit of, of human potential, you know, and I don't think that's ever really been reached, you know, I think there have been people in societies throughout history that have hit different, you know, potentials, you know, like, um, you know, some something built the pyramids, you know, uh, um, Atlantis may or may not have existed, you know, I don't know what they called it back then, you know, but I I mean, there are, you know, places in my mind where I have memory from things like that. And it's like, it's trickled into this life where I have the abilities to see things a little diff just a little differently than a lot of my peers all my life. You know, like, even when I was very young, like I could, I could meet someone and I could tell like, okay, this person, there's something going on, you know, and I tell my mom and they would be, how did you know that? You know? And it's like, before you have that wool pulled over your eyes as, ch as children, our potential is, is high, you know? And I believe school and society are structured in a way to keep us broken, you know, and, and to keep us from really growing in those, you know, deep rooted ways. But I, you know, I don't think it's too late. You know, I think it's, it's always broad. It's always at any given moment, you can reach that potential, you know, we can all astral travel, we all have psychic ability, you know, it's something that we all have, you know, I don't think it's special to certain individuals, but it can be nurtured and grown and exercised and strengthened. So yeah, I think that's part of, um, I guess you could say a mission. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess it's, I, I feel that there's a kind of a natural awakening to these these inner intuitive guidances or abilities once we kind of break through some of the some of our personal walls. And I, I Chris has instructed me that the 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 Hindus will the, the right word to use is samskaras, and that we're basically breaking through, trying to bust through all these these little attachments. How would you describe samskaras, Chris? 
Uh, you could describe Samskara as uh, a cocoon. So if you think about our pure soul as just a pure soul and pure lightness, and then by living in incarnate, by living in bodies, we have we develop an ego, and that ego is fear and temptation. That those are the two side. Those are the and, and that encompasses everything, all our desires and wants and fears and everything. And through our ego, we sort of wrap ourselves in a cocoon and we cover up that light that's in our heart. So the pure light is always there. That's what you were sort of referring to, John. I, I think that the pure light's always there. All that potential is always there. But then we cover it up with all this ego. Samskara is the word, in, you know, th that they use. And so in, in that sense, the spiritual journey is just removing this samskara. It's not, a pr it's not a process of becoming something else. It's a process of dropping the samskara and the ego, you know. And so and when you, we drop all that, whatever beauty that is light whatever we don't even know what it is 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 more shining forth so i agree with everything you guys have been saying and you've just been describing the ego and fear and temptation and mm -hmm. and guess what that fear and temptation ego allows those in control to brainwash us and to subjugate us and to uh train us this is how you act this is what you can question. This is what you cannot question and all that stuff. So so what is the journey then? Is it mainly in identifying what these attachments are that we haven't yet properly looked at? Yeah, and the practice I learned, well, you don't have to identify everything. I mean, it's, it's impossible to identify all the desires and fears and all. It, it just, it is what it is. So we just we have a, there's a process where you just clean yourself. You just let go of all your samskara and you just, you, you say it like that. I'm letting go of everything. And I'm letting the sacred current of the divine fill that void. So I'm getting rid, I'm letting the master, the great master clean me. And in its place is this pure divinity. And if you do that, you know, if you do that every day, and, and, and you have the purpose, you, you know, you, you do it with the purpose of becoming more divine and, and diminishing your ego. It, you know, day after day after day, year after year, it, it happens. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I recently read in the Course in Miracles that um, there's a section there in the manual for teachers about, you know, how to spend your day. And it recommends the beginning of the day and the ending of the day to take a period, it doesn't even matter how long, as long as you make a dedicated effort every day to choose to realign with the will of God or the highest you know, vision. And we don't even have to have an understanding of what that is, but it's almost like having a faith that there is that, that higher aspect that is able to work on us on a different level than we're normally consciously aware of, but on that deepest level to kind of allow the realignment to take place. I'm sure there's many different words and different ways to talk about that kind of process, but like openness, to the faith that, that that transformation is possible is probably and, and, and a dedicated discipline to doing that is probably one of the one of the keys. Because I feel like when we're little, when we're real little, like before we have the samskara uh cocoon, 
you know, built up around us. It feels like we're we're more just pure light. We're, it's almost like we we just we we had just incarnated. We just came from the source, you know, as children being born. And it's like, you know, you got to listen to little kids when they talk, you know, and don't tell them, hey, that's not right. That's not, you know, listen to talk to them like they're adults and stuff. And it's, you know, that's how my parents always were. It was, they always talked to me like I was an adult and, you know, it was very rarely they said, well, that's not real. I can't, you know, it was like, okay, go, you know, didn't put me in a box, you know, and then I went to school and kindergarten was great. And then first, first grade came around. It was like, what the heck is this? You know, I rejected it. You know, it was like, this is bad. And my, my brother, two years younger than me, when I was in third grade, you know, he was in first and it was like, this sucks. This is not right. This is not where we're supposed to be doing this. You know, this is bad. <laughs> you know, it was like, we can't wait till summer break comes and then we could just, you know, forget it all, let it all go. And yeah, where was I? You know, it was like, I feel like me and him are still at that place where it's just like, we see society's chains and, and boxes and we're just like, no, we, we reject that. Like, no, you just, you know, it's like, I, when you say like kill your ego and stuff, man, I remember like being young and having that like Godhead, you know, where I was like, the world revolves around me. I remember like when that died, you know, and it was like so freeing, but you know, then once it's gone and you let go of like your ego and stuff and you look around and it's just like, man, everybody's like in a, in a prison, you know? And it's like, I, this, I, 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 this, I want, it's like, oh gosh, you know? And it's like, we're so much more, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Well, we also have to be careful, though, as we sort of understand the ego better and re we release some of our own ego. We also have to understand that we can never get rid of our ego 100% while we're incarnate. And also that um, it it's thinking that you have no ego is more ego. Right. So just got to be careful. Right. That's yeah. All. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, for example, I, I, I am the most humble person I know. <laughs> I have so much humility that nobody's more humble than me. <laughs> That's good. But yeah. really, the, the question there is, who are you? The, who is the one doing the talking there? It's and, only uh... me, man. I'm the center. <laughs> I'm the center. But on, on a lighter note, but actually more on a serious note, but in a way... It is kind of true that you are the center of the universe. But the thing is, you're not the exclusive center of the universe. You're exclusively your center. Right. But then there's the other person in front of you that's of the center of the universe. Because everybody, from some whatever uh, perspective, like if you had a like a like a spiritual camera going around everybody or whatever, right? Like some kind of viewing mechanism. Every single person would have the same circumference of being in the center yeah. of the universe. Yeah. So now it's more like um, um, uh, how do we um, now align? Because I was saying earlier, everybody... Um, uh, is using their full potential at all times but it's because my full potential is maybe not what your full potential is so even though we're using all the power of the universe there's still that free will happening my free will and your free will and and that may be a reason why some things don't manifest the way we want to 
but then it comes down to the idea of uh, unity. Do we consciously make an effort to unify? Or like uh, um, Chris was saying earlier, letting go. And when you let go, does that uh, letting go unify by default? And then With we the can whole? become a... Yeah. And then we... we or maybe it's a combination of both. I think I'm not particularly sure, but I know through unity, through unity, that's when there's a clarity of where we want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you nailed it. Like, um, like we, you as an individual, are everything and nothing at the same time. You know, it's like um, I said before. It's like, like the, the saying, like as above, so below. Like the, we're we're all we are all the same thing. You know, like you are me and I am you. We're 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 the same expression, just experiencing our own version of of this world, this this experience. You know, and it's like um, what you what happens to you if you truly listen to what's happening and your feelings and everything like that, and you try to understand that and yourself and the people around you, then all of a sudden make more more sense. You know, and it's like you see yourself in the other in other people, you know, and you can identify with oh, you know, I remember having a similar experience and and if you really have your experience thoroughly and you don't hide from it and you see it through from beginning to end and you get out and you you survive it then when you see someone else having a, a similar experience it's almost like you can then diagnose and help them and get through it too you know and i feel like that's kind of like helpful you know a lot of people don't do that they just think about it from their perspective you know and it's we're all the same like the the, the guy that's homeless and has nothing is worth the exact same as as the the most wealthy guy flying around on private jets and stuff you know it's like we are all equally important you know and, uh, and also none of us are important at all <laughs> it's like my dad used to say you're the saying uh you are a unique snowflake just like everyone else <laughs> we're all you know every everyone has value and and you should respect and, and love i think love everyone you know? even if they wrong you you know so, so I want to add another dimension on this, which is that um, if you think about like pride, pride is usually, you know, taking up this, this a particular idea of yourself, an identification of this very tiny, small body, which is doing this particular thing. And then you're attaching this little piece of identity to it. I'm proud about this thing. And so you have this tiny box in this infinite universe of amazingness that is actually you. And you're saying this little tiny box is what makes me so great when it's, it's, you're taking the finite and you're elevating it over your infinite nature. Your infinite nature is that of the love and the light that is that is reflected across everyone in like a kaleidoscope in infinite different ways. And it's the infinite nature that is the true, the, the truth about our identity. And so in the, in the Law of One books, they talk about the archetypes and one of the archetypes is the transformation of the spirit. And they talk about the idea that really what's happening with spiritual transformation is changing what we see as material and finite into an appreciation of what is infinite and spirit. And that's and that and that journey that we're taking is going from the identi identity in the finite to identity in the infinite, which is absolutely what happens when we break down all the walls and we see ourselves and everyone else and we become one with everything everything else and merge and and that's that's the joy of, of the the positive path, I think. Well we, we look at it uh, like for example, the word pride. Right, it has it has a particular vibration to it, and 
what do we attach to that word pride? Because actually one of my first lessons way back in the day, uh, one of my buddies um, who is now like a, like a Greek Orthodox bishop, he's basically like the head of all the U.S. as a bishop. And, and I asked him, but like, we were talking about something and, you know, as a good Christian boy, it's like, oh no, you know, like that's pride or whatever. And this is not, and he was like, wait, there is pride that we focus on that's, that's more negatively oriented, but there's all, always an opposite. There's like, there's a good pride and a bad pride. Right. Right. Like there, there are, there are opposites with just about everything. There's a dark and then there's a light, right? Like the darkness in of itself is not necessarily evil. And the light in of itself is not necessarily good or like they're more or less kind of neutral. I've been in both spots and it felt like the same, right? But when you gravitate to one, like the darkness, I, I just, it's the lack of knowledge and the light is is knowledge right but so many the spiritual teachers and sages and and people have always been talking about like you got to go down the middle road you got to walk the straight and narrow and people are thinking well you know like people in religions and churches and stuff they're they're like no it's more of a dogmatic thing but I think it's more of like a literal thing, mm -hmm. it, not dog, dogmatized within a religion. It's like you've gone through enough experiences in your life to know what it feels like on each side. And you're falling on one side, then you're falling on the other side. But then all of a sudden you're noticing, OK, like now I'm on a tightrope mm -hmm. and now I got this stick to help me balance and I got to I got to walk down the straight and narrow like all the stuff that's going on now all the news uh, 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 of like ufos and, and stuff like that like uh interdimensional things of uh, wars and all like like i honestly don't know what to believe in right but i i'm open to everything but it, it it all it all those things basically force me to go on a straight and narrow, right? That I don't just jump on one thing and jump on the other thing and say that this is this is it. It kind of forces me to be more aligned, mm -hmm. and when I go out of alignment, I feel that what I guess you can say karmically, I'll mm -hmm. get a response in in the real world, like boom, oh. And it just brings me to attention again. Yeah, I think when you mentioned, like, we'll just keep using pride as an example, right? So, like, if you go out and you do something that you're proud of, like, you shouldn't be ashamed to be proud of the thing. But there, there, where you hit that point where it's like, all right, now I'm obsessing over it. It's becoming unhealthy. I'm starting to think I'm better than others. So then you, you, you surpassed where it becomes healthy, right? So it's like too much of a good thing can be very bad. You know, but but you shouldn't be afraid to have bad experiences or good experiences, you know, just like like lust, you know, is another one like a little bit of love. I mean, if it wasn't for lust, we wouldn't repopulate the earth, you know, so, you know, not all lust is bad. You know, it's like uh, like 
look at nature. That's why I always say like, there's a pride of lions, you know, like you take a pride of lions, for example. I mean, that's their strength is their, their confidence, you know, and they're, they're, they stick together. And, you know, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like nature knows, you know, and as humans, I feel like almost like we don't belong on this planet because we are hyper analyzing all these things. Whereas like a pride of lions, they don't, they don't, they probably don't sit around and say, Hey, you think we're getting too cocky? You know, it's like nature just finds that balance. You know, like the, the lions never hunt the gazelle to the point of extinction because they live in an equilibrium with nature. People, however, we do, we, we will move to an area and, and hunt something to the point where it's gone, you know, and it's like, we are, it's almost like we were gifted this planet and we don't deserve it necessarily. And it's like, you know, it's like the kid who gets a Ferrari from his parents for, for graduating high school. It's like, he didn't earn that Ferrari, you know, but if he, if he delivered papers for 10 years and saved up all his money and then bought a, a you know, a $5,000 car, he's going to drive that $5,000 car. Like that's his baby, you know, cause he earned it. He appreciates it. So like this planet, I don't know that we, that we grew up here. You know, it almost feels like this is our classroom and we're here to solve something else. And I almost think that if there is a creator that's responsible, then maybe that creator is also learning something from this experience too through us, you know, which is why I turn to like the Bible and stuff. I always say, you know, there's so many different versions of religion out there who have different words and they all have a piece of the puzzle, right? They're, they're not all wrong, you know, but they're not all exactly right either. So I think as, as a, a, an individual, it's up to us to kind of like find the truth in everything. You know, there's, there's always a little bit of truth, almost like in every movie, there's a little truth in there, you know, and it's like, kind of try to put together this puzzle and, you know, the bigger picture stuff, I think is, is very interesting. Yeah. I have, I have a few subjects related to that. I think it'd be maybe fun to touch on. Um, one of them I was thinking, you know, it's like, we're so easily divided by these very, very charged uh, belief systems that are very divisive. And it almost feels like our society is drawn towards the most divisive belief systems because there's the most charges around there. And it's almost like an attractive energy high. For example, like the issue of abortion, where some people are like, you have to you have to protect the rights of women to do what they want with their bodies. And it's like this divine feminine archetype people are like trying to project. And it's like, this is such a holy thing. And other people are like, well, no, no, no. The sanctity of life is the holy thing. Protect the baby. And it's like people can build up this great, this great amount of love. We have to do the right thing. We have to do the right thing. And then we're we're meanwhile kind of ignoring that every situation is unique. Every every mom who has who has become pregnant has has something that they have to work through. And they may have economic challenges, they may have family challenges. There's all kinds of things that are going through in their reality, which doesn't have a clear-cut political answer. It has like it has like a, a deep personal in the moment, like everything. It feels like it's collapsing around the present moment. It's like what what actually was love in the present moment, and it's not the ideas of politicians that we sometimes get attracted to and hold around to have these wars around. It's not always black and white, right? Yeah. Well, um, I think that uh, with this situation, it's it's I believe it's more. It, within the environment, the environment that we're living in um, brings, say, that woman towards uh, uh, getting an abortion because of certain environmental issues. 
which is completely understandable, right? But who created that environment, right? Why are we supposed to be in economic uh, strife? Why are there people who are homeless or why are why are we in this particular situation? It's like an environmental thing. I believe like um, what Randy was saying earlier that if if we're all kind of like the earth is nicely balanced or or whatever, right? Like every all our needs, our basic needs are met more or less. I don't think there would be the incentive for someone to get an abortion, right? I think it's more based on the incentives. How do we change the planet? How do we change the world we're living in? I believe we have to switch the incentives, change the incentives. Because right now the incentive is I got to go out, work 40 plus hours a week, get a paycheck, get some food, you know, and, you know, uh, uh, if you're if you're in a family, you know, take care of your family, pay rent or whatever, right? We're we're so inundated with this with this overarching work culture, and the incentive is you get a place to sleep and you get food, <laughs> right? Like I gotta survive, right? But now, if the incentives are switched, and now everybody like everybody has those basic needs then the incentives change right and then when they change energetically speaking you you the the whole planet will change because now people are are not in this constant state of high anxiety mm -hmm. right and which which seems like that's like a a like a, a program that's been inserted onto uh, humans on planet Earth. You know? I'd like to bring up a question for you guys because a lot of the masters, spiritual masters, they don't get involved in discussions this granular. They sort of, and they'll say, because they understand that this plane of existence is just it, it it's a it's a play it's 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 individual souls confronting what they have to confront to grow their consciousness and that necessarily entails a lot of pain and suffering and so that's what the human plane is it's just people going through a lot of pain and suffering and learning and the i don't think the spiritual masters try to focus on how can we save people from pain and suffering because spiritually speaking, there's no way to save people from pain and suffering. Karmically, they have, you know, I have to go through what I have to go through. I can't avoid that. You guys can't stop it. You guys could come and tend to me uh, hand and foot 24-7. I'm still going to go through whatever pain and suffering that I have to go through. Maybe, now, maybe not as much. So what I'm saying is, what do you guys think of that? That this is the... You know, it's it's like Arjuna talking to Lord Krishna. It's like you gotta you gotta go through it. You gotta go and kill kill people that you know, and you and, and you know. Um, what do you what do you guys think of that? No, I, so that's true. It's true because even if all your needs are met, 
your life's still going to have highs and lows. You're still going to have suffering and pain and pleasure and love and all that stuff. But the I think what we're kind of getting to here is that we are being manipulated into staying in the lower struggle of just suffering and feeling pain just to, to survive, you know, to have food, water, shelter, you know, buying a home, having a family. And it's like, if we're kept in these lower ends, these lower places where our basic needs, we're, we're fighting just for the basic needs, we're going to experience the pain and suffering of that. Whereas if we could just have that be solved, then we, we would, our sufferings would be more on the you know, like she she came and she loved me and I loved her and she left and, you know, the my my art career failed and I thought I was, you know, and our pain and suffering would then be in a different place. It wouldn't be on these lower places of try, just trying to survive and have, you know, a family and stuff. I think you're right. We're going to suffer no matter what. But I think that we're being kept in this lower version of suffering so that a few people can manipulate the planet, you know, because if it's like a, like a renaissance, you know, it always comes after a depression is like, there's still pain and suffering in that, you know, even when we don't have war and all that stuff, people are still going to suffer and, and, and also succeed and stuff. But it just, it just feels like we're being manipulated as a planet to stay in this lower frequency, this, this low vibrational phase. And it's, it's depressing because, you know, I, I could see what people are like when their, their needs are met. And then, you know, the pain and suffering is much more fun to observe, you know, it's like, you know, better music and better arts all happening. And yeah, we're all suffering still too. And, you know, complaining, we're always going to complain, right? Even when things are good, but I don't know, it just feels like we're being manipulated as a planet. You know, I don't like that. I don't like when there's a, like, yeah. you know, I assume there's, there's a kind of different karma or samskara with the individual versus the collective, but I think we're all kind of connected like a like a hundredth monkey syndrome kind of thing, where um, maybe maybe there's when, when I learn a particular lesson, maybe that gets planted into the akashic mind, and there's some you know maybe as more of us start learning a particular lesson, other people start having an easier time breaking through that same that same issue, and I think that's happening extremely fast right now on on the planet as people are starting to recognize the way when we, we we've been manipulated into a system which is not helping us, and that you know spiritual tools might be the better path than trying to you know just figure out from the television and just be being distracted all the time with um you know entertainment or whatever it is that that people are selling to try to maintain a slightly bigger piece of the pie to keep to keep us all focusing on whatever it is that they're wanting us to focus on um so um but one of my favorite quotes in the law of one says um enlightenment is of the moment it can only be accomplished by the self for the self. Another self cannot teach, learn enlightenment, but only teach, learn information, inspiration, or a sharing of love, a sharing of mystery, or a sharing of the unknown that makes the other self reach out and begin that seeking process that ends in a moment. But who can know when an entity will open the gate to the present? Hmm. So it's still a mystery to me, but it's almost as though it's, it's like we're just showing a different movie when we're waking up in front of other people, when we're being radiant and inspirational in front of other people, they have the option to just watch a different movie and say, maybe I'd prefer something more like that movie than the movie I've been watching. So I think we're all like Ram Dass said, it's like, we're all walking each other home. It's like, we're all hand in hand. If we want to be, we can kind of be learning these lessons together, but ultimately it's up to everyone to choose what they, what they're wanting. Well, that brings me to the thing. Um, uh 
would you kind of, uh, through the law of one, just kind of uh, mentioned about enlightenment? I remember um, uh, uh, one of Buddha's students um, asked him, "What what is an enlightenment? And Buddha just answered, the end of suffering. Right? And in a way that makes sense, because suffering, it, it's more of like a psychological thing. You can physically, obviously, go through pain and all that kind of stuff. But the poor me is the one who's suffering, right? And, but I feel that in this universe that's been created, or emerged or whatever type of like a, uh, a beginning story that you want to attach to it. Um, somewhere in a, in a universe, there are beings that are completely like balanced. And perhaps planets, whole planets that are uh, in alignment. And the idea of suffering in the way we um experience it on earth is not a thing now when i look at it there there are always within like a physical type of universe is always going to be contrast and of course there are going to be stepping stones in order to get past certain things like they'll say we as earth humans completely we're unified no more suffering we're cool there, there's gonna be challenges for us to to grow, except it won't. Hopefully, it won't be this this uh, continuous grind of monotony and mediocrity and just kind of like self-loathing, yeah. right? Because a lot of it has to do with ourselves, like how. And it's it's a lot of it's rooted in money, it yeah. seems. You know, and it's like I don't understand how there can be, you know, why is it that we all have to work a minimum of like forty hours, and then there are people who don't have a job. Like, how come everybody can't work and work like two or three days a week, but everybody has a job, right? It's just if we all chipped in a little, we wouldn't all, you know, the individual wouldn't have to work so much, you know. And it's like everybody should have a job and everybody should be able to do what they want, you know, and trying to find your place you know and it's like i feel like that's where like high school guidance counselors really fail us you know because it's like <laughs> so many kids get into college and then switch their majors and stuff and it's like man what did we just spend 13 years of school doing you know it's like we all have strengths we all have weaknesses and and i feel like we know those as you know some people are just good at math you know some people just love history and it's like do we have to go through all of it before we even get out of high school and then then we find ourselves like this is ridiculous you know it's like it's really god it's rough but it that this this goes back to what you said uh at the beginning of this conversation the idea of homeless people came up and i don't know if you guys know but about 80 percent of homeless people choose to be homeless like even if you offered them a home they'd be like nah i don't or, or if you said hey here's a job and here's an apartment they say no nah, no nah, i'm good so my point is, in this world, people choose 
right. to be homeless. People choose to waste their 13 years of education. People choose all these things. And you and I, we, we can't, it, that's out of our control. We, we, that, they're on their own journey. And maybe they're going straight, a spiral straight down. There's nothing we can do. Substances, right? They're, they're, I feel like a lot of those people that you're talking about are, are they have a substance dependability, and it's like if, if you told if you said, okay, well, you got to work two days a week, but then you can on your your the other five days you can have shelter and warmth and food and, and as much alcohol as you you know healthily can consume, then would they say yes? Would they work the two three days then? Maybe. <laughs> You know, maybe a lot of wouldn't. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Well, one way I look at it, one way I look at it too, to to go with both those analogies, is um, how we were taught. Because we're going back to school now. Because we brought it up a couple minutes ago. The schooling, the education system, right? So now I remember back in the day, I used to have like a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and I had all these cartridges of games. Right. And here's the one cartridge, Super Mario. Put that in. Now, think of that game cartridge as like that's grade one. And then you have a, a, another set of things that you're taught to how to be in this. Yeah, that's game two. Now you have all these games. You can switch different games, different cartridges. Right. And then we can expound or expand on that, on how to make that that game more um, enjoyable, right? But how 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 can we go beyond those choices? Because those were choices that were given to us as templates, as cartridges to play particular games that this particular reality is constructed for by who, whomever, whoever the the social engineers are or whatever, right? That's their particular game set. But I like to go to before I got that game council, before I got that Super Nintendo, what was that? What is that? That's like the, the prime program these other programs are like people pretending to be the creators making programs that mimic the prime program the prime game right mm. so the prime game is basically what i kind of started out with is that we are always using our full potential but it, it's in uh um what's that word uh uh what's what the multicolored word spectrum it's mm -hmm. like in a spectrum right of where that that full power of the whole universe is being directed to and now that we believe we're like these lowly beings boom it's gonna it's gonna go right here or it's that false sense of being the most awesome being is all the way over here which these people the the false creators think and then we're playing along with whatever's going be in between the social construct of that particular spectrum that they want us to uh 
and that we agree consciously or subconsciously to engage with. I would like to say that the it's fascinating how many people will absolutely just go fanatical about fictional universes like sci-fi and like uh, Marvel universes where where all the magic of the universe is possible, but only in the movie. This is not this is clearly a movie and it's clearly fictional. And but I'm I'm hopeful. This is the reason that I kind of went full speed on trying to help people with UFO disclosure is because I'm hopeful that that a lot of what's going on with the programming, brainwashing, control of education, control of media is relating to decreasing people's appetite for seeking out the mystical, the mysterious in this reality and just being having, having that in a little box that we that we can be entertained by and say that's not our reality, but that's that's where I want to be because I could have those experiences of the mystical. And so I feel like what what I would like to see is as we break down the walls around the fact that there's this massively amazing, mysterious universe with all kinds of beings and all kinds of interdimensions and, you know, magical potentials for our technology and for our, you know, potential metaphysical development. Once we have those those windows open by, by people now having a, um, an opportunity to at least say, okay, maybe that's real. Maybe there's something more going on. That that mystical awakening is what I think can propel people to want to play other games that they didn't know were out there. So I'm very hopeful. That's that's why I think people are attracted to it is because their inner self, their subconscious self, their their spiritual self recognizes, hey, this feels like home. You know, this feels like truth, even though I know it's not true. Something here is is vibrating in a way that something in me says, hey, this fits, this puzzle piece fits, you know, and that that's where we get excited, you know, and that's like, you know, like Star Trek, you know, the idea that we can go and explore the universe, like, we know the universe is out there, we, we know that it's a giant mystery, and we know that there's an infinite amount of planets and star systems and stuff, it's like, that is real, you know, so I always felt like what our imagination is almost limiting, you know, and that we can't even imagine what is out there, you know, so, so go crazy, have fun, you know, cause you're probably, you know, it's probably all real. There's probably life on all planets. You know, there's probably life on the sun, you know, just cause we're carbon based doesn't mean that all life out there is going to be carbon based, you know? And it's like, if you start thinking like that, it really does open up those doors to magic and all these other things. But you know, what is magic, right? What is science? You know, it's just our human brain trying to understand the creation of whatever this all is you know it's like it's we, we live in it, this giant universe every rock you flip over right and you look underneath that rock there's a whole world going on under that rock that that uh, 10 seconds ago you weren't even aware it was even going on with all kinds of its own drama and you know the whole ants colony and, and worms and everything else all interacting with each other and 10 seconds ago, you didn't even know it existed, you know, but every rock has that on, on this planet, you know, so I really, you know, that's, I think is it's all real, you know, maybe not literally all real, like, you know, like Harry Potter with wands and stuff, but I, I do think magic and science and, and all that, I, there's no limit, you know, so that's exciting. Of course, it's great. <laughs> well, one thing that, that I, uh, I look at too is because of, uh, uh, for example, uh, earlier I was talking about like the 
the two the two side light and dark and we got to be like balanced type of thing but on a similar scale with say um magic and and what we would call miracles like like a magic for me when i look at magic i i know two ways to levitate and it looks really good like i can show people and they're like you're literally levitating off of the ground that's crazy but i'm using a gimmick i'm using i have a little setup to work with it right like Losing. magic there's always like like a gimmick involved with it right but uh on in the way of miracles miracles are um uh an occurrence that happens without a gimmick right well like, maybe without without maybe a not. tool yeah but well, maybe like, not right because if 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 a whole community gets together and starts praying for the sick person and this person gets better the gimmick might be that the energy bodies of all these people are literally changing the cellular structure of the sick person so the gimmick might be you know might not be a gimmick at all you know it might just be a technology or a something going on that we don't fully understand like we don't see the whole picture right so well there there's that in there's that intentionality because the what we're using is our in that particular circumstances we're using our our spirit or intention right like when i'm talking about like with magic is you you literally have some type of tool like a physical tool that can do something that looks incredible right like um and that's how, that's how i look at for example the the social engineer controller type people they they use their tools to make things seem like a particular way right and and the the one thing that i see is like one of their tools is always the tool of of sickness and fear and depravity and like us against them disunity all that stuff they they love it right but and the 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 media is a big um what's it called like a like a shoveling that that coal into the fire they're get they're given that big time so every time like you look around you see a newspaper or you hear a friend or somebody talking on the street or watch the news it's always like ah, yeah. ah, right but just imagine like even one week you remove all of the news or you replace it with all positive news yeah. right and like things that really happen which i'm sure like every single day there's amazing things that happen that could that are completely newsworthy right you change that right and and one week everybody on a planet I'm telling you, like the the good, you will almost completely forget that COVID even happened. You'll be like, "What was that again?" Like all this negative stuff, these wars and whatever. It's like, huh? like it's almost like you forget all that negative stuff, right? So, because I was thinking about this the other day when I was at work, <laughs> that how how. What kind of event? Because I hear people talking about there's going to be a cure for everything and all that kind of stuff. Like what what can make 
that happened because I'm sure if I go up to somebody and said, okay, the, a bunch of these doctors said that this will cure this. And a bunch of people are, I don't trust it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll go for it. You know, it'll be kind of messed, messed up or whatever, like mixed messaging, right? But I was thinking, how would it happen globally? So the only way I can think of it that that makes any type of sense that you can cure everybody on mass is if the whole world vibed up there was a good um like that week of whatever i'd, I'd love to see just a week right? of that right it's like yeah. can we try that can we just try yeah. it a week? <laughs> like i can get a good start on that already it's like free energy is real everybody has access to it now because energy is basically everything on a planet, like on our planet, like the controlling structure is energy. Whoever controls the energy controls Earth on all different types of levels of energy. But that would be a, a, a start, like how to get out of this drama and to into that coherence, right? And I also think all the negative stuff is is necessary. I, I look at it like um, like a collective detoxing event. Because when you go to um, uh, like a, I don't know, like a place to a rehab or whatever, right? You got to detox first. And then you go to your counselors and talk about what the real issues are and this, this, and that. But you got to detox. Yeah. You got to go through a detoxification process before you're well. And you're well enough to move on. So that goes so, to like what Chris was saying about the people who are homeless that choose to be homeless. It's like, are they really in possession of their own ability to choose at that point? You know, can they, can we get them detoxed first and then present them with the the choice? You know, it's... well, some some homeless people are completely sober, right? And they just want to. They're living. They they just don't want to be part of this particular system. Yeah, I get right? that. I kind of don't blame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, so it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick. Some people would say that living a human life is detoxing. From what? It's it's one big detoxing From of all our samskaras, of all our pat the, the. See, samskaras, you can accumulate samskaras if you if your ego gets big and you're fearful and the more desires you have and the more desires you fulfill. You you grow you gain some scars, and then you then that plays itself out. Meaning, it's like uh, an alcoholic. Let's just say someone drinks alcohol and they develop a habit. This, this goes for all habits. You you the, there's momentum behind that habit. Why is there momentum? That's really some scar. It's you you have to go through the the fruits of your of your decisions. You can't get past it. I mean, you, you you can't drink a bottle of Jack Daniels and not become intoxicated, right? You you if you take that action, you have the results of that action. And so, if for instance someone murders a bunch of people in one life, they're probably in later lives they're probably going to get murdered themselves a bunch of times just to to see the other side of that. So, we 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 get we create our own samskara and then we have to live out the fruits of those samskaras and that's what human life is uh some would say 
Well, well some people kind of how God works is God manages all of that. In other words, like um the innocent child that's murdered is paying forward from a karma of a last life that they were a murderer yep. or something. And like God somehow sees all this. And we as people just say, well, why if why if God's real, why did that child have to suffer and all that? Because we don't see the full picture of you know the the that's correct. That's why yeah, I always they, these 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 kids with cancer and stuff, that's that's one way to explain it is that's there's some scara and they have to go through it. And they somehow earned that in a previous life. Now I said that and everybody rejects that. They're like, that's so evil. God wouldn't do that. It's like God isn't, you know, it's like nature doesn't know like the, the bear doesn't care that that elk was living a gracious life he just rips it to pieces you know it's like god is probably like nature you know god's a mirror it just god is nothing and everything and it just we it, it's us it's my samskara that creates my outcomes and so it's the ultimate personal responsibility in spirituality of so acknowledging like that i'm only yeah so so it's like a programming in other words isn't that God doesn't even need to manage it. It's built that way. Exactly. Okay. You guys are like on an awesome kind of thread. And and one thing that I see is, is the initial, usually why people get addicted in general, not everybody, sure. but in general, the, the, the most of, I used to work in an addictive recovery center. The biggest reason is trauma. Yes. There's a traumatic event that happened early on in their lives or like a, a family member or something. Something happened with those that they loved. Right. Now, you brought up the mirror. God is the mirror. Right. Okay. So <laughs> just try to picture this. Now you're standing in front of a mirror right you're standing in front of me you see your whole body in front of the mirror right and everywhere you kind of move like doesn't matter from which direction you still see the things that are behind you like moving in concert like the the whole environment your environment is still mirrored in the mirror now let's just for for argument's sake just say the mirror it just is god right that's the beginning of everything there's only that one mirror and that's it right and then he decides to take take a rock smash that mirror smash it right now the mirror is smashed and then you see the pieces on the ground you can literally do this in real life you can pick up that shattered piece of the mirror and put it at a particular distance and you could still see your whole body in that mirror right and each broken piece of that mirror is a unique broken piece of the mirror so what i'm saying is if we can look at that whole thing with god is broken pieces of the mirror is were each that unique broken piece of a mirror but yet the whole body can still be seen in that broken piece of the mirror 
and perhaps the initial trauma was the breaking of the glass and that's how we were trying to um uh, perhaps uh, recover from that trauma yeah so that, that that's interesting you said it brings me to the idea i've always had was that from the moment you're born the moment you're born and incarnate in this life there's a picture of that is like a dot on a piece of paper and from that dot starts your life right so you have that moment and then from that moment of being born whatever happens to you then is going to shape the way the rest of your life ends up going you know but like the traumas you experience at a young age kind of start to shape who you become. You can never escape those angles unless you do try to purposely, like you say, like smash that or, or heal that in some way. It's like, that's how it's like, as you get older, it's like you can take more trauma and it doesn't really change who you are. But like when you're little and you experience a trauma like that, it really shakes your, yourself, shakes you to, you know, changes your whole projection. You know, as I said, it's like those those beginning moments of your childhood are so important. They sh really do shape who you end up becoming, you know, and I think there are forces that even that know this and, you know, they can, there are societies where they will, you know, subject a fetus to electrical impulses in order to traumatize the fetus, you know, and try to shatter the the spirit of the person before they're even born. And then when they're born, they start to traumatize them and compartmentalize them into like different shattered different you know and then you develop multiple personalities and all these other things and like but there's still all there still could be all kinds of uh you know past life reasons that a person would choose that lifetime and also even astrology I've, i'm always shocked by when you you know read somebody's birth chart and you see so many of the facets of their personality that you would think are based on their trauma it's it's all written in the the relationships between the different planets it's all like a fractal mirror and yeah totally a mirror and it's like it's just yeah, different versions of it yeah, yeah totally well but this is a thing now like now if we even go before the mirror what is that and i would i would perhaps say that that's no thing not a thing right so because a lot of people are like they they give god like a perhaps like this their own interpretation of what god is like a, a gender or like we say god is a he or other people say she or is like a trans or whatever right so it's like all these different like um uh uh own interpretations but in for for example, in my religion and uh, other Christian religions too, also say this too: is that God is beginningless, and no beginning, beginningless, right? So, like when when for example, atheists, when when they say God doesn't exist, I'm like, yeah, you're completely right, because if God existed, then that must have mean that must mean God had a beginning, was created, right? Well, doesn't it so, say that God is the beginning and the end? Alpha and Omega is all things, right? Yes, and, and the way I look, the way I can observe it, 
And the only the only way I know how to observe it is right here and right now. Right? Because I ask this question to people, uh, you know, like, can you prove, can you prove tomorrow exists? Can you prove it? Prove to me tomorrow exists. I get uh, people are like, they, they have no idea, right? Put the carrot on the stick. Tomorrow's, it yeah. never comes, right? But, but you know, some people yeah. will say, well, it comes as today, but I'm like, but we're in now. How can, what's going on here, right? So the entry point to, I believe, where I feel very strongly, the entry point to all knowledge is right here, right now. Mm -hmm. To to all of it so and and there's this god god's peace or whatever you want to call it is the no thing ness right and we are um in it whatever calling it an it is still not even correct right but now when I look at the mirror, I, I I look at that as perhaps the first creation. And that could be considered um, the creator, which some people would call God, was the one who, who to broke the mirror into trillions of pieces. And that's who we are, right? Perhaps. That's just an idea, you know? No, I yeah. think you're right. Go ahead. Oh, just one quick thing on the mirror. When I, I like your entire analogy, and I really like this discussion. And when you first mentioned throwing a rock at the mirror, what I uh, envisioned or what I think would really happen is that the rock would just, even though it's a mirror, and we think on you know on Earth a rock would smash a mirror. I think if you throw a rock at the mirror of God, the rock's going to come directly back at you and hit you and 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 damage you. So if you try to damage something outside yourself, you're the one who gets damaged. That's kind of like that's, I think what you too is well, even in, even in each individual fractured piece of the mirror, and you hold it up like he was saying, you're still going to see you and everything around you is all that's still going to be there in every little piece. It's like you can't escape that. You know, it's like I think you're right. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> and, and at the same time, though, like, even though all those pieces are, are, are broken, the first creation, you can consider perhaps the illusion or the what some people would say were in a simulation or whatever, right? And that that trauma was actually, it, it's that trauma is a false, quote unquote, sense of reality. And we're trying to um, uh, resolve that trauma, mm -hmm. you know, in, in that respect. Like, that how can someone you? Someone said in the chat. They said that our astrological traits are necessary. We come here with that pre-programmed into us because it's like our way of learning through the mistakes or through our lessons that we're destined to feel or experience. It's like a karmic thing, and I think it's interesting that you bring that up because what is reality? What is this this free what is this like yes we have free will but don't we have free will kind of like within the boundaries of this reality right so it's like we have free will in a box right it's like we can't just 
fly off this planet if we choose to, or maybe we can, I don't know. But I, I think it's interesting when you look at what the Bible even says about the creation before when there was nothing or whatever, and God created the heaven and the earth with his voice, with the God's word. And it's like, when we think about it, well, what is a word, right? A word is a sound and a sound is a frequency. So what do we know about sound and frequency? Is that there's a musical scale where we can show the, the, the realm of where sound exists, right? It's do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, and then it starts over, do. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. And there's seven notes in the musical scale, and then there are different octaves, right? But it's the seven notes that compose of a musical scale. So if God created all this with sound and said, let there be light, well, what is light? When you break down a spectrum of light, if you think about like the, the, the Pink Floyd album cover, right? The, the, the spectrum of light is the rainbow. When you look at the rainbow, we have the same thing, seven colors, right? Red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, violet, uh, blue. So there's seven again. But we know that there's more. Our perceivable reality is this within the seven, but we know there are more sounds and octaves like dog whistles, for example. We can't perceive them, but dogs sure can. Dogs can see things. We cats can see things that we can't see, but our physical body, ourselves right now are having this experience within this box of the seven layer, the seven seals, you know, the seven uh, angels, you know, it's like this number seven, we can't escape it, but there's more. Just like in the, the spectrum of light, we know there are more than the seven colors, right? There's ultraviolet, infrared, and, and who knows how far that goes. But our reality for this experience, for right now, seems to be contained within this, this small frequency of the, the seven, you know, this little box. But don't forget, in between notes, they're called semitones. And you can you can go into a semitone. And in between that, you can go to little tones, semi, 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 semi. Fractals. Uh, per, presuming, presumably to infinity. Just within that little box. So infinity is always accessible somehow. Our visual spectrum, yes, is here. The next, we have technology that can view infrared. And then there's more after, obviously, right? But it's like to like but the infinities are like uh, they're they're accessible in and everywhere and this technology and, yeah, yeah. technology that we can use to experience those infinities are things like ayahuasca or uh psychedelic you know um you know like psilocybin or lsd or something you know it, it bends the note it bends that note a little bit to where we can see between the fabric of this reality, you know, and I think if we learn to use that technology of these substances or whatever, music even, right? I mean, when you hear a, a song, for example, you're in a bad mood, you're in a sad mood, and you hear a certain song, man, instantly, boom, you come, you get your whole resonance shakes, you're out of it, you know what I mean? It's like, that's a technology in and of itself, the music, you know, love or compassion, you know, alcohol is to a certain degree a technology, you know, and that's why we can use these things to just bend, shift reality slightly, like you said, between the notes, and then you can see into infinity just briefly. Yeah, yeah. I would like to um, say this has been an amazing chat, and it's like we can go into the 
yeah, cosmology discussions endlessly too. And I hope to do this again soon. And right now I would like to open it up more to the people who are um, been hanging around in the chat and we can let them join us. Um, I'm thinking I'm gonna end the recording first though. Um, any closing thoughts before we stop the recording? It's too short. I know it's too short, <laughs> but it's almost 90 minutes now. Good to hear yeah. from Chris more. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate all your insights. You, you can tell now why I invited each of you to, to do this, because it's like you each have a slightly different angle on everything that's very helpful to see all, all as one. And we yeah, get to be fractals of each other and different reflections of the same creator. So I love it. All right. Thank so you. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for, for listening.